You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hallelujah. You know, it's a big privilege being here. And, and I, I really, really mean that. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, the NIV version, it says, For we have these treasures in jars of clay, that the excellence of the power might be of God and not of us. We have these treasures in jars of clay, that the excellence of the power might be of God and not of, of us. Because I, I woke up this morning with that scripture in my mind. Why? Because sincerely, it's just a real privilege being here, standing before you, great people of God. And why did I say this? So I, I was born uh, into a Muslim home, and I remember my first time in a church like this. You know, I, I was, it was just so strange, it was just so odd. I did not even know what to say, I didn't know how to behave, I didn't know how to act, you know. And some years after, I'm standing in front, in front of you, hallelujah. Some years after, I'm standing before great people of God, you know, bringing God's word to them. And I think it's just a real privilege. And, you know, and there's just the way God works. So, so it works through our weaknesses. It works through the unlikely things. Uh, it works through the things that we don't even personally, when you, so, so that no man in any way can brag and boast that it's by a power. You know, someone, that's why someone like Joyce Mayer would say that, you know, that she never liked her voice. And if you, if you had a voice, you know, that, that voice sounds like that of a man. But that's the same voice that God is using today all over the world. That's the same voice God is using today all over the world. And it's just a way of God proving to us that he can walk through our weaknesses. Hallelujah. He can walk through our weaknesses, those things that, you know, that, don't just look like it. And I don't know where you are this morning. It's important that you, you release yourself to him. God is doing great things here. You know, since January when my wife and I came here, it's just been a great place. You know, I always look forward to coming to church every Sunday. It's a strong atmosphere, sincerely. You know, great atmosphere. Great band. Come on, let's celebrate the choir. That's solid, solid worship. You know, strong atmosphere of prayer, strong word, strong delivery of God's word. Do you agree to that? Hallelujah. You know, and I want to appreciate everyone that has made this possible. Every worker, every, everyone in the prayer units, traffic, multimedia, everyone making greatness come on here. I know I can't mention all the units, but you know yourselves. And God, today we, we celebrate you. And this is a church with that person there. It's important that you see, God cannot be doing things like this and you are just an onlooker. It's a sin. And God forbid. And that's why you've got to just jump in. You've just got to get involved. Get involved. Be part of this great thing that God is doing in hard times. Hallelujah. You know, Hearts chapter 13, verse 36. He said that, And David, after he has served his own generation according to the will of God, fell asleep. So every man, God expects you to serve your own generation. God will hold us responsible for a generation. And God is speaking to your heart this morning 
it's important that you get involved. Help me preach your neighbor, say, get involved, get involved, get involved. Hallelujah. And of course, Pastor Idris, thank you so much, sir. I deeply appreciate this. It's a rare privilege, and I do not take this for granted. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Is someone glad to be in church? All right, before I, before we, I dive into the word, would you please help me welcome at least five people to church around you? Just say something good to them. You know, welcome them. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know, there's just something about God's presence. There's just something about this place. You know, it's, yeah, God prepares us for the week. So we come every Sunday to get that dose, you know, that lasts us for the week. Since I, I don't know where else I could be, you know, on a Sunday morning. So that's why when some friends tell me that they were not in church on Sunday, I'm wondering, so where were you? Sincerely, where, where, where else would you have been on a Sunday morning? I don't know how else to, to utilize that time on a Sunday morning. Do I have a witness here? Hallelujah. All right, so this morning we'll be talking about self-love. You know, the month is, so we, the month is a care to love. It's important that we define love and let's have that right perspective to love. You know, the world has bastardized that word and it's important that we look at it from God's perspective, from God's word. So today we talk about self-love and our text is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 12, the New Living Translation. Mark, chapter 12. New Living Translation. All right, so I read. It says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and the only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. Amen and amen. All right, so, so here we, there's a conversation you know, that Jesus had with these religious guys. And... He laid before them three commandments. Three commandments. But three commandments in two. And the first commandment was very clear. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with what? Sorry? With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your heart. And the next one, he said, Thou will love your neighbor as yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself. So it's important. So, so we, we see that indirectly saying that it's a commandment to love yourself because you love your neighbor as yourself. So you must first love yourself before you can love your neighbor as yourself. So loving yourself is a commandment. Loving myself is a commandment. And that's why I said there are three commandments. And so the first one will say it's to love the Lord your God. The second is to love yourself. And the third is to love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. Help me preach that to your neighbor. Say, loving yourself is a commandment. Help me preach to the other neighbor. Because we are, we are preaching together this morning. 
So help me preach to those neighbors. Say, loving yourself is a commandment. You know, so, so it's not a suggestion. God did not suggest it. It's not an appeal. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. God commanded us that it's important that you love yourself. Why? Because you, I need to love myself before I can love other people. Because I can't give what I don't have. No man gives what he, he doesn't have. So, so it starts from me being able to love myself. So it's not optional. So if it's a commandment, it's a commandment. It's not optional. It's not optional. It, it, so it's, it doesn't, it's not a function of how, how I feel or my background. God has commanded it. And that's why it's important that I love myself. So loving yourself is integral to being able to love others. You cannot give what you don't have. Very, very important. And if you don't have a healthy regard and appreciation for yourself, you can't extend the same grace to other people. Do I have a witness? So, so we'll talk more about this. So how do I... So what does it even mean to love myself? What does it even mean? What does this self-love mean? Says being self-loving and engaging in unhealthy self-deprivation and deprivation and punishment are not proofs of humility and holiness. Self-loving is the, is that position where you you know you you just there's that personal hatred, that, that personal dislike, self-dislike. You know when you you want to you you apologize for everything when it's not even your fault. It's not a form of humility. It's not in God. It's not of God in any way. It's a situation where you place emphasis on the times when you're wrong. It's not of God and has no place in God. You know, it talks of, you know, and this leads to people being envious of other people. And it's not just close to what God is talking about. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. So it's not about, it's, it's not me thinking less of myself. It's not, it's not thinking less of myself, but it's thinking of myself less. When I see myself, you know, in the right perspective, the way God sees me. Amen and amen. All right, so let's quickly define what self-love is. And from the scriptures... Self-love is doing to yourself what Christ did for you. Self-love is doing to myself what Christ did for me. And so what did Christ do for me? What did Christ do for me? Christ forgave me. Christ forgave me. He, he, he forgave me. He, he, he gave me a new beginning. He gave me a new life, a second chance. And that's how you know, God expects us to also treat ourselves. Very, very important. The book of Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Can we quickly read that? You know, these scriptures changed my life forever. And that's why I, I trust God that it's going to do the same thing to someone here this morning. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. It says, having been justified by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. It says, have been justified by faith. I have peace with God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
you know. So, so, and so God is not in any way angry with me. He said, I've got peace with God. God is not angry with me. God is not looking, waiting for me to make that mistake and will spank me or something. I have peace with God. I have peace with God. God is at peace with me. I'm at peace with God. Can you help me preach that to your neighbor? Say, God, you're, you're at peace with God. God is at peace with you. For having been justified by faith, I have peace with God. God is not hungry with me. God is in love with me. Hallelujah. God is in love with me. Because you see, self-love, self-love starts from you seeing yourself the way God sees you to become what God wants you to become. It's knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. That's the real self-love. We can't define, we can't love ourselves except we understand the love of God in depth. And God is speaking to you this morning that you've been justified by faith. You've got peace with him. You have peace with him. He's at peace with you. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, the, the story of Jesus at, at uh, the baptism, when he was baptized by John the Baptist. The Bible said that there was a, a, a voice, and the voice, you know, said, this is my son in whom I'm well placed, right? And also, at the, at the Mount of Transfiguration, a very similar experience happened. There was another voice, and almost the same thing was recorded or said, that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he had it to the disciples, said, please listen to him. Now, so even Jesus needed to hear that twice. He needed to hear it more than once. He needed, he needed to hear God's, that assurance from God more than once to know that he is, he is pleased, that God is pleased with him. Friends, and that's why it's important for us as children of God that we hear over and over and over again this God's promises unto us. Romans 10 verse 19 talks about faith coming by what? Hearing and hearing. So it's not enough to hear once. It's, it's important. So even Jesus needed to hear it again and again to be reassured of that well standing with God, with that position with God. And, 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 and the same way God is speaking to you this morning, as, as he has always told you, that you are at peace, that he's at peace with you, that he's, that he's in love with you. And that's going to drive our self-love because it stems from this. When I understand God's position, when I understand how God feels about me, that helps me to love myself accordingly. It's not so my, my self-love is not premised on what a thought party, what someone thinks about me, or what the society thinks, or what obtains around me. It's filled from within. It's filled from, you know, the posture of, or, or the position that the, the creator, my creator, has of me. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. Come and help me tell your neighbor, say, God is at peace with you. God is not angry with you. So it's not a function of what I do or what I don't do. You know, so today I have two girls, 
and they are still babies. They are just 13 months old. So you can imagine, so they are really babies. And they do stuff, even at that age, they do stuff that will provoke one and will, hang, and will, you know, will just annoy you, you know. But, so they mess up from time to time. But that in no, I, but that, well, in, in any way, will that in any way remove them or, or make them less of my children? No. They're still my kids. They're still my children. I still love them. They make mistakes, yes. But they're still my children. Hallelujah. Amen, amen and amen. You know, God has called us to be believers. We are called believers. We are called believers. So we believe God's word about us. If, if it was about what we do or, or our abilities, they would have called us achievers. But we are believers. Hallelujah. So I believe God's word. I believe what it says about me. I believe what it says about me. If it says that he's at peace with me, then he's at peace with me. As long as my heart is right towards him. And that's a critical thing. As long as the heart is right you know, towards him. God expressed his value for us by the sacrificing of his son. That's the height of it. He wouldn't have done that for trash. He did that based on the value that he placed on us, on you and I. And that should fuel her self-love based on God's word. Amen and amen. You know, so it's important that we accept God's unconditional love. And it's important that we stress that word unconditional because it's unconditional. Somebody needs to get this this morning. It's unconditional. A, a, a child is a child. It's not a function of what he or she does. Do you agree with me? A child is a child. And we've been adopted into his family. So we are children of God. We are children of God. We've been set free. We are accepted. We are accepted. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I need us to read this together. And let's take it from the, should be from NLT version. The NLT version. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for a sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. Can we check, can we check in NIV, please? NIV. There's, there's a particular phrase there that I need, to, I need us to see. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's God's mind to us this morning. We have become the righteousness of God. We have, I'm, I'm the righteousness of God. Come on, help me preach that to your neighbor. Say you are the righteousness of God. Come on, say it like you believe. Say you are the righteousness of God. So Christ loved us. He forgave us. He served us. He sacrificed for us. He blessed us. And this is what we should do to ourselves. You know, God, Jesus is always more interested in redemption than in condemnation. It's always about redemption and in condemnation. That way, 
it takes all the glory because we know that there's nothing in us that we can brag or boast of. And it's important that we align our thoughts even with his thoughts. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts I have towards you, they are thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So it's important that we align our thoughts with his thoughts. And how do we find his thoughts? We find his thoughts in his word. His thoughts have revealed, are clearly stated to us in his word. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So what is self-love? What self-love is not? Because we've talked about what self-love is. It's important to also talk about what self-love is not. To self-love is not overindulgence. Self-love is not overindulgence, debauchery, pride, or self-absorption. It's not overindulgence in activities, in substances. That's not what self-love is. It must, the activities must glorify God. It must be fueled by 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Talks about the fruits of the spirit. It must, it must be in alignment, you know, with love and the fruit of the spirit as stated in Acts in Galatians chapter 9, 5, verses 19 to 21. Can we take that? Galatians chapter 5, from verse 19 to 21. Which speaks to and the acts of the flesh are obvious: sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, feats of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is, so self-love is not in this. Uh, we don't indulge in things that will damage our right standing with God. It's something that we should protect with everything that we have. That relationship that we have is, is what we should protect. We should protect with everything that we have. It, it, you know, th there's something about that relationship with God. It's something that we should do everything and at every time, you know, to protect. So self-love is not this thing. Self-love not, does not preclude the necessity of responsibility, hard work, sacrifice, discipline, and generosity. It does not translate to laziness. No. What has to be done has to be done. We see ourselves the way God sees us. You know, because you see, God loves us, but he doesn't, he doesn't in any way indulge us. It tells us the truth in love, and, and, and that's the stem of self-love. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So we love ourselves as Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us unconditionally, but does not indulge us. He loves us unconditionally. It loves us unconditionally. It's not based on what we have done or what we have not done. It's a, it's a, it's a love. It's a, it's a final love. And that's the definition of, of the love that you know, God expects us 
to show to all the people around us. Jesus blesses us, but will not spoil us. So he blesses us, but will not spoil us. So there's the place of discipline. So we culti- cultivate that act of discipline in us. He shows us, you know, he, he corrects us in love. He says it's the son that the father loves that he chastises, that he corrects. So there's that. So it's not, it doesn't punish us. It doesn't beat us out of hatred. So it's not from a heart of hatred or, or you know, just to inflict pain on us. Not at all. It's to make us better people. It's to make us, you know, better people and people to be more like him. It disciplines us but does not condemn us. And that's with the story of the woman that was caught in the heart. You know, the world was standing by to condemn her, to give it to her out, you know, give it to her straight. But what did Jesus do? Jesus said the one without a sin should cast the first stone. And that speaks about the heart of a father. That speaks about the heart of a father. That speaks about, you know, that father that is ready to accept you as long as you can trace your steps back onto him. It disciplines us but does not condemn us. It forgives but holds us accountable. It forgives and holds us accountable. So we do not make a habit of sinning. Someone defines sin as like a virus that jams our computer system. So, so imagine you getting on your PC tomorrow or later today and it's attacked by viruses. It's, that system is bound to malfunction. That system is going to hang, will malfunction. You, you, it can't, there can't be a smooth flow. And that's what sin, sin does. It jams our systems. We can't receive directly from God. You know, it alters that connection with God. And that's why as children of God, we don't make a habit of sin. We know that it, it takes from us. It takes from us. What makes us different, what, what makes us thick, is what this virus comes to attack. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, so Jesus teaches us, but also commissions us. He teaches us, he lectures us, but he also commissions us. So the whole idea is that he's teaching us to become teachers. So we are taught to become teachers. So it's, it's, it's showing us how to do it. It's, it's, so for, for three years thereabout, he had the disciples walk with him. They lived together. And he modeled it, showed them, coached them. And afterwards, he released them and sent them forth. He commissioned them you know, to do just like what he has done. So a time is coming, and now it, it has come. Hallelujah. When that little light of yours, it's important that you allow it to shine. That little thing you, that thing you know, which you call little, it's important. It's now time for you to let that light shine. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.